Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein, singer-songwriter, actress, public and motivational speaker, entrepreneur. Rhonda Ross Kendrick is a force to be reckoned with. Her parents are icons. Mom is the Diana Ross. Dad, Motown founder and hitmaker, the Barry Gordy. The oldest of Diana Ross's five children, Rhonda's maternal half-sister, is actress Tracy Ellis Ross. Both Rhonda and Tracy attended Brown University. After graduating, Rhonda pursued a career in the arts as an actress and jazz vocalist. She became a series regular on the highly popular soap opera Another World, a role that earned her an Emmy nomination. In 1994, she met and married jazz pianist and composer Rodney Kendrick. Through him, she met the late jazz great Abby Lincoln, and according to Rhonda, they convinced her to begin her journey as a singer-songwriter. She and Rodney released their first CD, Rhonda Ross Live. Her first studio-produced original CD, In Case You Didn't Know, came out when she was in her early 40s. She performed all over the U.S., and she and Rodney also toured Europe to rave reviews. Rhonda headlined one of President Obama's second inaugural balls and has performed at the Hollywood Bowl, the Montreal International Jazz Festival, Wolf Trap, and the theater at Madison Square Garden. As I mentioned, Rhonda's an entrepreneur, launching Ross Realty International, a New York City-based brokerage. Rhonda lives with her husband, jazz musician Rodney Kendrick, and their young son, Raif, in Harlem. So, let's meet and get to know this woman whose strong sense of self allows her to unapologetically speak her truth. Can I just begin with the obvious? I can't imagine how many times you've heard this, but I grew up listening to your mom's songs and your dad's, you know, Motown hit makers. And when I recently watched the American yes. Music Award yes. show that you and the rest of your family presented your mom with a Lifetime Achievement Award, that was the best part of the program, Thank singing you. along with those Thank songs. Yes, yes. So... What was it like growing up with two icons? Well, it, in some ways, it was a lot like people would imagine. Um, my mother had her five ki- kids in the midst of an incredible career where she was known all over the world, traveling all over the world. And so we had that. But what a lot of people don't know is my mother is an incredible mother, uh, very hands-on, very present. Uh, None of the five of her kids have the experience that a lot of other celebrity kids have where we were raised by nannies and we didn't know her and she Mm -hmm. was always on tour. That is not our our experience. Why Uh, was that not sexy enough to report about, you know, back in the day? Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows that. And so the five of us uh, learned what it meant to be loved, Hmm. what it meant to be wanted. We learned how to then... Uh, first of all, that that dictated who we became as people um, and how we now love and uh, are with our spouses, our children, our friends. It, it gave us a sense of self. It gave us um, in the midst of her huge career, we were not made to feel that we were in a shadow. We were not made to feel that we could never accomplish. Yeah, wow, how can I aspire yeah, we and make my own mark? We weren't given that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she made us know that we were worthy and our opinions were valid and our our experiences and our feelings were valid and what we wanted to do with our lives, our dreams were valid. We should go for them. We could achieve them. All of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? 
so, yes, there was glamour and there was um, travel and there was all of this stuff, but there was this other kind of, you know, meat and potatoes parenting going on that we all benefited from. And the words that come to my mind are grounded yes. and really strong foundation. We have a really strong foundation in our relationship with, with our mother, which is such a core relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And in ourselves and with each other. The five, her five children, we are, ve- and with her, we are very, very close. And as we're all adults now. Mm-hmm. And we spend so much time, definitely the holidays, but more than the holidays um, together um, with our spouses and our kids. Are you physically close? To uh, they're all on in Los uh, Angeles, on and I'm, I'm the only one in New York. So we're not. So I'm not physically close to them, but mm-hmm. we are all very close. And and um, what people saw at the AMAs uh, with all of us up there with the grandkids on the stage dancing. One of my friends said, that was like your Wednesday night. Like that, <laughs> that was our Wednesday night. Like, that's what we do. That's who we are. Isn't that it, great? It was not for the cameras on any level. Um, that audience had never seen it before. But that is who we are. We adore that woman. Um, she adores us. We adore each other. We get together. We laugh. We support each other. We dance. You know, Tracy was hosting that show. Right, you know? We right. were supporting her. She was supporting. I mean, it was, that's just, that was our Wednesday night. <laughs> I mean, so it's what uh, we do. <laughs> so, did you ever want to divorce yourself from your names? You know, yeah. your dad and your. I mom? can't speak for my sisters. No, I never wanted to divorce myself. But, um, but there has been uh, a challenge for me to have uh, the world uh, see who I am as an artist outside of that. I get yeah, that. that. That's right. that's work. I mean, you know, look. There's worse jobs to have, <laughs> but but that's I mean, the but comparison on yeah. some level must be inevitable. It's and inevitable, must be really, on some level, also irritating. It is, and and uh, and it's inevitable, and it can be irritating. Um, but I take it as a challenge, where my work and my art mm-hmm. has to be so clear that you can't. You, you can't uh, come for anything else but that, right? So that's really, it's, it's interesting you ask that because it's, it's what I do in my art now is what I did as, as a child growing up. I was so myself hmm. as a child growing up that people used to say to me, aren't you afraid that people are just being your friends because who your mother is? And I knew that they weren't because, one, I have a really good radar for that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I grew it early. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, I was so myself growing up that, if you were going to be around me, um, you had to legitimately and authentically like me because I was not in any way a conduit to get to you. To my, my, yeah, my mother. Yeah, to, yeah. to my mother. Mm-hmm. And, and my personality was strong enough that, that you had to want to be around that, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, so that's what I'm doing with my art. I'm making my art so much me and so true to who I am as an individual, completely outside of who my mother is, uh, my thoughts, my uh, experiences. And if you resonate with that, you are attracted to that and you come to watch and be around that. If you're not, you won't. Mm -hmm. And there will be no satisfaction in coming to see me because you're a fan of exactly. And quite frankly, I'll say it on your behalf, who needs you? Yeah, right. you know, yeah. I, I, I can say that. <laughs> okay, <you know? laughs> yeah, but you know, I I really do. I I feel really strongly about that. That it's important to have your own. You must have your own. You know, and and build on that. 
my boy is eight, and um, and because of the AMAs, because he was dancing on that stage. I saw him. What a, yeah, and, wow. And the he video of him. He, he did. <laughs> and, and funny you say that, because I said that around him the other day. He said, I didn't steal it. I just closed it. I didn't steal the show. <laughs> the um, child yes, is the he, father of the man, he, Ron. Right. <laughs> so he's getting interest in him, like, you know, to be a performer and to be an actor and, you know, auditions and stuff like that. And he says, well, why can't I go do that? And I said, because you're growing your own magic tree right now. And you have to fertilize it and prune it and make it, you know, and it will be so big and so wonderful. It'll take you anywhere you need to go. You'll do all the show. Maybe you'll own your own show. Maybe you'll produce your own. You'll do all of it. But right now, your tree is such a baby, you know, and you have to really just protect it right now. Right. And so I that's what I believe that, you know, we have to have our own because the winds of change come all the time. Like, you know, the press and the audiences, you know, they like you today and don't like you tomorrow. That's so fluid. Yeah. So you have to have your own. And so I knew that from a child that anything I based on being Dinah Ross's daughter would not... um, Take me where I needed to go. It would not, it would not protect me and suffice. I know? say this every show, and so I will say it again, that what I have garnered from the women I have sat across from is this amazing, strong sense of self, whether it came from their parents, mm-hmm. whether it came from school, mm-hmm. whether they really had to find it on their mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. This is an extraordinary tie that binds. Not so much that the world is your oyster, yeah. but go for it. But go for it. Go for it and and believe in yourself and work on the parts of yourself that you don't feel like you can believe in yet. Like you have the ability to to strengthen them and embolden them. And we have so much more ability than we we give ourselves credit and we for. give ourselves mm-hmm. credit for. And um and, and ability to, to pick ourselves up and, and, and focus where we want to focus and all of that stuff. And I, I got that from my mother. People say, you know, they see her and they see you know, glamour and and furs and diamonds and that sort of thing. And I say, you know, what you really should be seeing is a woman who took charge of her own life. You really should be seeing a woman who made decisions that worked for her despite close people and the world saying, no, you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't be that. No, you shouldn't have that. She listened to her inner self. She listened to her inner self and she went for it. And that was from an early age. Um, she believed in herself and from an early age, but even but especially when she became a mother, she had these kids. First, it was three girls and then two boys followed that she had these kids that she was responsible for. She was an independent woman. I was raised by a single mother. You know, people don't always right, think because of you her did, like You didn't that. live with your dad. My I, I, father, Barry, she and she and Barry were never married. Right. Uh, he stayed close to her and to the family. He was a close friend of the family. And so I knew him, mm-hmm. and I know him now. Did um, he have that much of a role in in who you are from back then, or she in, was in, much in more a DNA way, but potent. not in a in a raising on a, way? On a, um, any kind of a, and I use the term in quotes daily basis. No, yeah, yeah, not on a daily basis. Also, it was a secret that he was my biological mm-hmm. father, and it was even a secret to me. I didn't, and when did you find that? Uh, at around twelve years old, almost thirteen. And how and why? Well, let me just backtrack a little bit. My mother conceived me Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Barry, and then uh, and that relationship was not going to continue as well. She was married at the time. She was not married. Oh, she was not married at the time. She was not married. Okay, Um, but she shortly after that got married, Uh, and she married an incredible man named uh, Bob Ellis Silverstein, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he knew that she was. 
pregnant by another man. But um, he wanted to have this child, and he wanted to raise me as his child and to have a family. So they did. And shortly after me, 14 months later, Tracy came, Mm -hmm. and then my sister Chudney. So they were raising their family and didn't want to separate me out as having different parentage. So that was the decision that was made at Mm -hmm. the time. When I was around seven, they divorced. Um, But as I was growing up, I was noticing the differences. I was looking at um, my mother and my father, Bob, and I was looking at Tracy and Chudney, and I was saying, I don't look like you guys. You know, I'm not as tall mm-hmm. as you all. My skin tone is different. My hair texture is different. What is going on? I started noticing things that people notice around that, you know, uh, teenage years, yeah. right? And I started asking my mother, and she knew that she had to tell me. So I didn't find out. I didn't bump into it. I didn't overhear it, which, thank God, because I think that would have been really difficult. But she took me aside, and we had a talk. And she explained to me why she made the choices she made and um, and that Barry was my biological father. Now, again, I had known him all that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had loved him, but more as like a friend of the family uncle. Uh, yeah, figure. favorite yeah, uncle. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah I was thinking of, of that. That yeah. kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so uh, people ask me all the time, was it a shock? Yes. <laughs> yes. But it also answered a lot of questions. You know, I look just like Barry. Mm-hmm. He's got... You look a lot like your mom, too. That I do. smile is... I do. You know, I look is... like... But I'm a mix, really, between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't look like Bob, as it turns out. And so, <laughs> and so I'm the second to youngest of his children. He's got seven other children, Barry. Uh-huh. And, um, and I look like them. They're songwriters. Uh, my father's a songwriter. Barry's a songwriter. But at least my brother Carrie's a songwriter. Rockwell wrote, wrote and probably still writes. Stefan, who's in LMFAO right now, he's a songwriter. You guys are and an so, institution. And so <laughs> all of a sudden, things that I was doing, things that I felt, things that I knew about myself made sense. Mm. And I knew right then that this didn't need to be a secret. There was nothing shameful about this. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I, with my mother, sat down and told my sisters and then my friends. Mm-hmm. And then shortly thereafter, my two brothers were born from her, her next marriage, from Arn and Ness. And when they were being raised, I would just say to them, my biological father is Barry, Tracy and Chudney's biological is Bob, and mm-hmm. yours is Arnett. Like, it's not a shameful, complicated thing. And we don't have to make we this We don't have to a, make yeah. it a thing. Mm-hmm. And same thing when my son was born. He's got Grandpa Bob and Grandpa Barry. And Bob is my heart. Mm-hmm. He is my heart. Mm-hmm. And I know what it took for him to do that now as an adult. Yeah. I can see what it took, what love he had for me and for my mother to do that. There are precious few men who could do that. And I just adore him. And we are very, very close. Uh, he lives in New York, uh, not far from me. We see each other all the time. Um, we talk every day. And I'm also very close with Barry, very close with Barry. And he's in Los Angeles, so I see him less, but we are in constant communication. And so that... You're a poster child (laughs) for making these things work. You know, I just think that we make it more complicated. And especially when it comes to kids, we have this thinking that they are going to have as much confusion about it as we have. And it's not true. I mean, you know, when I speak to my son about races and race relations and all of that, he can get all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you have this father who's the biological, but this father raised me. And this, you know, like, it's no thing. Mm-hmm. And when we talk LGBTQ, I talk all that stuff with him, right? He gets all of that. 
it's not confusing. Yeah. It's well, like really clear stuff. You here's know? hoping that that generation, let's not even go there, you know, will uh, kind of I, repair I, what's I believe, happening. I believe they can if we just talk from a human space, you know, mm-hmm. like a human space. I talked to him about, you know, love is love. Mm-hmm. You know, you can mm-hmm. love you can love who you want. You know, I, I choose to love Rodney, your father, my husband. I choose that. But someone else, oh, another woman can choose to love a woman. Like, really, though? This is what we're doing? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <You know? laughs> let's not even go yeah. there. I, but where I would like to go yes. is I'd like you to take me on your trajectory. Yes. You go to Brown University, as yes. I mentioned, and you... Um, and then you graduate. Was that always a given to you that you'd like to? I'm not saying following your parents' footsteps. Oh, yes, I don't yes, mean yes. that. But was it just something that was in you that you yeah. had to pursue? Yes. Yes. I always knew I'd be an artist. I always believed I would be a performing artist. Did you know you had talent? Huh. I knew. I knew. Yes, I thought I had talent. I didn't think I had. I, I didn't think I was a prodigy, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people with like crazy talent. I knew I had talent. I knew I could um, carry a tune. People told me I had a nice voice. I, I knew I had that. But my real uh, and I'm skipping in terms of trajectory. But but my real moment came when I uh, when I met Rodney, my husband, and Abby Lincoln, and I started realizing that I had a a voice, an opinion, a perspective that I could share something about the way I saw the world that was interesting and important. That was that And to was, do it through music. And to do it through music. Or to do it through art. It could be music, it could be poetry, it could be, you know. But that was big for me because that's different than talent to me. That's that's to me more lasting than talent. Did you, you know? feel that you had something to say? Yeah, when I realized I had something to say, everything changed, and that was in my early twenties. So when you graduated college, I'm assuming that not right away another world came your way. Um, within a year. No kidding. Yeah, it was that soon. And while that was what your life was, your professional life, is that what you thought you would pursue? Being an actress? Well, I knew that I wanted to be, as I said, a performing artist. It was in my early 20s that I knew I had something to say. And, or, and, and I knew that delving into what I had to say was the way for me to go, right? Um, I also loved to act and, uh, and, and thought maybe I would get famous acting, <laughs> right? Okay, that's not and unreasonable. So, right, those sort of two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when... Your another, mother combined both of those. Absolutely, Hello, absolutely. You know? And so when when Another World came along, I did think that that was going to be sort of the beginning of this building block of a career, right? You know, you go from that show to the other show to the movie to the, you know, that kind of... And that's not of, an unreasonable... That, progression. That, yeah, that's and it was happening for a while. There were movies, there was, you know, that sort of thing. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Los Angeles and it wasn't. And it was really an important time for me because it it forced me to look at myself and mm-hmm. say, who are you if you're not getting the accolades and the nominations and the work kind of getting thrown at you? Who are you? What is your value? What is your worth? Why are you here? And I did that work during that time, and the music really came back uh, into my life in a way that I had let it sort of um, fall to the wayside mm-hmm. while I was mm-hmm. I was acting so much. Um, I love acting, but now 
the the acting that I want to do and the acting that I do do are in pieces that resonate with what I what I want to say through my art. So meeting Rodney, we would have to say, was a pretty seminal moment yeah, in your life big, on big. several levels, pretty right? Pretty big. And remains that way. Like, he is so special and incredible. His perspective on the world, his understanding of the art, its purpose and its value, these are our daily conversations. And he's he's been solidly on that road this whole—I mean, we, we just celebrated our 20-year marriage anniversary, and— um, so he's just been kind of really, um, really solid. What came first, something romantic or something professional? When Both you go? at the same time. Really? And people ask me that a lot. They said, does, does the marriage make the music or does the music make the marriage? Both at the same time. Our first date, it might not have been our first date, but like our fourth date was a gig. Mm. Was a gig where I was singing and he was playing. They were intertwined. And so it was... Intertwine, and it was not so much even meant to be. It was. It had to be. It had to be. And had to be. It had to be. Yeah. So then, what was the importance or the impact of Abby Lincoln? And maybe for people who don't know, share a little bit about that. Abby Lincoln was a a, an artist, um, a performing artist, a singer, songwriter, a poet, and and she had started to get famous in the fifties. Uh, and they were making her like a Dorothy Dandridge type. They had called her the Black Marilyn Monroe. Huh. She was completely gorgeous, uh, amazing figure. And she was in some films, and, and she would sing, and um, and she was known for her beauty. But in the 60s, uh, she met Max Roach, drummer, and found, again, her voice and realized that she did not want to make a life out of being the pretty one in the Marilyn Monroe dress. Mm -hmm. She wanted to say something. She wanted to... She wanted to be known for just her looks. Yes, she Mm -hmm. wanted to empower herself and others. She wanted wanted to know her history. She wanted to be all of that. And she started writing Mm -hmm. and living in that that space and with with Max, who was also that, Max Roach on, on the drums. And so they were known for that in the 60s. And then their marriage ended and she went on to just become an incredible poet, songwriter. She used to say to me, my music is mine, she would say. I make my music. Uh, Duke Ellington made his music. Thelonious Monk made his music. There's no such thing as jazz or R&B or any of that. Hmm. No categories. You make your music. And that's what I do. And that was huge for me. So I met Rodney because uh, I had seen Abby Lincoln once in Boston, and I was so, and I was at the end of my time at Brown, and I was so moved. I was sobbing in the audience. I had never experienced anything that reminded me of myself mm-hmm. in that regard. It made me know that I was powerful, made me know that I was magical, just by her knowing that she's magical and powerful. And so um, so I was so moved. Uh, my mother had said, I know her. You should go backstage and meet her. But I couldn't possibly because I just You were had, such a mess in I a was sense. a mess. Yeah. I had, mm-hmm. you know, mascara down my face. I was a mess. <laughs> and so I didn't. Uh, Rodney was on that show. And I noticed him. He was performing with her. He was with performing her. with her as her musical director and pianist. Um, but I didn't go backstage. 
six months later or so, I went back to see Abby. She was performing at the Blue Note here in New York. And I took my girlfriend, and we said, you know, we're going to have a women's empowerment night. And so we went. I was equally as moved. Um, but this time I had the ability to go backstage. You had it under your belt a little. Yeah, <laughs> yes. right. You, and so you didn't fall apart I as was, much. I was okay. <laughs> and I went backstage, and I introduced myself. And she introduced me to the band and to Rodney. And we had my girlfriend took a picture of me and Abby, and Rodney's in the background. And, and uh, it's like three minutes before we met. Like, <laughs> this picture. <laughs> And he was like, who is that? And so, <laughs> so the stars so, were aligned in I a different I believe they way. were. I believe they were. And that's why it's so intermingled, the music and the romance and all of that. It's just intermingled with us. And so literally from that night on, we talked a little bit. We exchanged numbers. And from that night on, we just started just spending time together. It was really felt like a meant-to-be thing. It was not like this feeling of, Let's go on this date mm-hmm. and a very formal very courting. Uh, it wasn't like a formal courtship. We just were together. We just, I don't know, got each other, you know? So talk to me about your music. Mm-hmm. How does your music express who you are? First of all, people ask me all the time um, what genre I play and I sing. And I can't, I can't answer it. It's not definable. It's not definable. And I don't think it's important. So my music ranges between all of these genres. Um, some people consider it jazz. Some people consider it R&B, neo-soul. But why it or how it uh, shows who I am is that I'm the same conversations we're having right now, the same conversations I like to have with my friends about spirituality, about mothering about who I am in the world and how I want to show up in the world, about being an artist, about being a friend, about being a person who's trying to find their way outside of other people's expectations. Hmm. All of these things. So um, it's really personal. Yeah, about, well, well, I'm glad you said that. I'll speak to that in one second. But about um, being a spiritual seeker, about all of these things. I write about that. But it's not like a therapy session. Right. Because I think that, yes, it's personal, but the personal can be so universal. And and just like when I saw Abby Lincoln and because she was loving herself Mm -hmm. and because she was mm, celebrating and accepting herself, her flaws, her greatness, all of that stuff, it allowed me to do that. Um, I believe my music allows the audience to do that for themselves. Because I don't use music as as therapy where you're going to have to come watch me go through my therapy. <laughs> uh-huh. I, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I try to make the music that I want to see as an audience. And, and, and what I look for when I go to any piece of art, uh, visual or performance, I look to be moved. I look to be changed. I look to see something from a perspective that I didn't expect to see it from, that I had never thought to see it from. I look to to have my my perspective shifted. I look to walk out of that room and look at the world differently. So your you know? music is a work in progress because life is a work. My of music pro- is definitely a work in progress. It changes all the time. The music that I was doing on Rhonda Ross Live with Rodney Kendrick, uh, those songs are very different than the songs that came through in case you didn't know. And now, and you see I brought my guitar today, (laughs) now I've been learning the guitar. And the songs that are coming through are completely different still. 
everything is coming through differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm not only allowing it to, I'm so excited. Like I can't wait to see what the next the next thing is going to be. So my music, I believe, is uplifting and encouraging and honest and moving and transformational. And and what I have found is the people who resonate with it are not people from one genre or another. They're from all types of genres. They like different types of music, but mm-hmm. they come to music for the same reason I go to music, which is to be moved and changed. Wow. I need to ask the obvious. Did your mother have a real impact on your music? On my music. You know, my mother had a real impact on me. Yes, so that's, in, that's so, so in that in yes. that regard, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I am, and um, really, mm-hmm. everything I am comes from her direct teachings, but also from the witness of her, because I think she has um, been an incredible, bold, courageous person in her life really Ex- independent yeah yeah um i think i don't i don't know that people see her like that i mean she, th- yes. there's a tremendous power that and and even today all these years later everybody knows who she is absolutely. what she gave us As, absolutely and her ability to love her ability to love i i don't know that i've ever seen anything like it um, her ability to let bygones be bygones, her ability to forgive, her ability to move past um, pain mm-hmm. and say what's the most important thing here. That night on the stage at the AMAs, my father Bob was there. Mm-hmm. My father Barry was there. They embraced. I mean, they always embraced, but, you know, they embraced on the stage. And her third husband, who's passed away, Arna Ness, his daughter was there. She keeps love around her. I, I digress. But she had an, an, a huge impact on me in that regard. In terms of her music, uh, her, her, her genre is different. Uh, she's mostly pop R&B, right? But she has a thing that she does, two things. One, chooses songs that empower and uplift. People don't always think of her like that. She's not outwardly political. She's not outwardly even social in that regard. But she, um, but she always chooses music that makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, she's that's not, true. Yeah, yeah, she always has, mm-hmm. and she does that deliberately. That's number one. Number two, when she is on that stage, first of all, she loves being on that stage. That's obvious. And it's not a job, it's not a gig for her, mm-hmm. you know. It is It is a passion for her. Um, she loves it, and she loves those audiences. She loves them, and she gives them way beyond music, way beyond uh, her actual voice. She, she spills and pours love onto them in a way that is like nothing I've ever seen. And they know it, and they feel it, and they come back night after night after night because of it. That's a talent. It's, it's a special, special gift that she has, that she gives. Those things, I believe, I have uh, taken from her or tried to absorbed. take from her, absorbed from mm-hmm. her. You see my hands saying yes, absorbed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that my music has some of those traits as well. I think that's a, an incredible way to end. I didn't know what to expect in, in, in meeting sure. and having a conversation with you. What you got and what you give is so natural. Thank and you. I, and I have you. goosebumps. Thank and you. and, and 
it is nothing short of my pleasure to and have mine met, and mine to meet you and get to know you and at the very least have a conversation with you. And we're going to end with some beautiful Rhonda Ross music. I can't thank you enough thank for you, joining Sandy. me thank today. Thank you, and thank you for doing this because this is so important. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. The alarm goes off. Time to start your day. You pull yourself out of the bed, but you're wishing you could stay.